From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Welcome back to The Stoop Sessions. Normally, I have a couple co-hosts, Stephanie and Eric, with me, but uh, Stephanie is officially on maternity leave, and so she will not be hanging out on The Stoop for a little while. Um, and Eric is doing his thing, working with people, getting their joints and limbs working again, doing his day job. So he's unable to be on the stoop with me. But I do got a friend with me, Joseph Dix. What's up, everybody? So here's what I'm doing, Joseph. Mm-hmm. I decided, I should say we decided, yeah. that this summer we're going we're gonna to commit this summer to having conversations on the stoop with friends. Mm. See, normally Eric and Stephanie and I chat about whatever we feel like chatting about for that day. Yeah. And Stephanie is enough of a character to where she just makes it interesting and laughable. I can see that. Because she's goofy. Yeah, yeah. She's... Witty. Would you say witty? Witty. Yeah. Yeah. Witty's good. But anyway, she's not with us. And uh, she's no longer with us. She's not with us anymore. She's <laughs> she had a baby. She'll be back. Praise God. Baby's yeah. name is Sevy, by the way. Sevy, all right. Yep. All Which right. is Creole for Joel. Uh, mm-hmm. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Creole for servant. Which is man. what, yeah, yeah. Which is what I am. So they named the baby after me. So anyway, she's had a baby, and <laughs> nice. uh, the baby's beautiful, tiny. Yeah. Uh, but she's doing well. She'll be back on the stoop. Good. What's up, Stephanie? Yeah. Uh, she said, what's up? I'm sure she just said, what's up? But she's listening. Appreciate it. So anyway, Joseph, you're here hanging out, hang, hanging out on the stoop mm-hmm. with me. And uh, we are in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Hey, man. Good to be back in the B-more. Yes, sir. Yeah. So where are you from originally? Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, born and raised. Kentucky. Born and yeah. raised. Yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, your upbringing and your conversion experience to Christianity. Can we do that? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So you're born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh-huh. Did you grow up in the church? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I grew up in the uh, Church of Christ denomination. Okay. For my first uh, 14 years. So Church of Christ... Typically, you get you get baptized to get saved. Is that a correct way to put it? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a correct Re- way to put regenerational, it. Regenerational baptism, regeneration, baptism, emphasized baptismal regeneration. Is that the right word? Heavily emphasized. Yeah. So I was uh, scared into being baptized. Uh, okay. How old like were you? Fire insurance. I was fourteen. So you grew up. Did you hear the gospel growing up in that church? Man, I'm not sure, man. I could have. I wasn't really paying attention. Okay. It was a very small church. Um, I like small church. My sisters and I, I mean, there was some youth, but my sisters and I got two older sisters. We were like the primary youth in this church. Okay. But uh, we didn't believe in instruments. Okay. So it was a whole bunch of hand clapping and foot stomping, man, fan waving. Mm. And uh, pastor, uh, nice guy, man. He had a lot of antics. He would jump and run the pews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved watching that. It was entertaining. Because mm-hmm. other than that, I would have been bored out of my mind. 
But hey, he could have preached the gospel, man. I just, I just didn't hear it. Gotcha. Nor was it explained to me. So I would say, no, I didn't hear it um, because it wasn't communicated or because my had a hardened heart, which it's, I'm sure I did. And so at 14 years old, you got scared into being baptized. Yeah. So I wasn't saved, but I got a, I got physically baptized, dunked in water. Wow. Yeah. So uh, when you got baptized, did you come out of the water thinking you were saved? Uh, yeah, I thought so. Okay. Yeah. Were you saved? Uh, no. Okay. I didn't know that I wasn't saved until 2000, uh, 2008. How old were you? Uh, 26. Okay. Yeah. So what happened then? Uh, I was hooping, man. I was playing ball, so cut across the field, baptized at 14, and then also in the same year, a few months later, uh, we, we switched churches. So we switched to a missionary Baptist church. Oh, and they probably did not think you were baptized. Yeah, that's right, because in order for me to become a member of this church, mm -hmm. the Baptist church, um, they didn't approve my, my baptism and said that I had to get baptized into that church. Right. So, gotcha. but they were still asking me to affirm Romans 10, 9, because um, we did. I mean, they asked the same question in the, in, in the Church of Christ. And then I asked the same questions in the Baptist church. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he, uh, that he died and that he rose? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I knew what to say yes to. Mm -hmm. And so, but there was never like this sort of examination okay. of your life and beliefs. Um, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, I knew what to say yes to. So I was baptized again. At the Missionary Baptist Church. At the church. Missionary Baptist Church. Now, your parents, were they genuine believers? Uh, yeah. Believe? Okay. Yeah, I, I can say that now. Then I wasn't concerned. And give me your family makeup, yeah. siblings. Yeah. Uh, grew up in a two-parent household. Uh, dad's originally from Detroit, Michigan. Mom's from Trent, New Jersey. They uh, were both in the military. Um, so my dad's family actually... Migrated down from Detroit, we're from the South to Detroit, then from Detroit to Kentucky um, when he was in middle school, high school. My mom stayed in Jersey, but then her mom got remarried to a uh, military guy who was stationed at Fort Knox. And so she stayed up there, but she came to Kentucky uh, college years. Okay. And then she joined the military, which is how my mom and dad met in the military. Okay. And so they've been in Lexington ever since. Okay. So they were they were genuine believers during those years, you think? I don't know about during those years, man. I, okay. I would probably gotcha. say no. I mean, even though, uh, I mean, they had experience in the church, yeah. um, being a part of it in some way. And you told me you told me earlier that your dad would bring you into the city to do to do outreach and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, and... he he so growing up, he would take me into the city. Uh, I mean, so. They moved into the hood when he came to Lexington. Okay. And so he would take me back to these areas that he grew up in, walk around. Um, we would do like some some outreach services. And you grew up in suburbia? I grew up in the suburbs, yeah, middle class, suburban area. Uh, I mean, dad was working for the Federal Bureau of uh, Prisons at the time. Then mom is a PA, um, so they kind of, you know, worked, worked up a little bit. And they didn't want to, they didn't want us, us to grow up in that, those areas. Um, but they would always take us back. Um, to those areas, walk around, build relationships. They still have friendships in these areas. Um, they, were, they were always giving our stuff away, man. So as soon as I got something, whether it be some toy, clothes, if there was like another kid in need, they would take it and give it away. Mm. And so 
they started developing or cultivating in us like a sense of giving back, at, mm-hmm. at least if nothing else. That's cool. Um, yeah, and I got two older sisters. Um, so I'm the youngest of three. Um, one lives, she's been living in Atlanta for like the past 10 plus years. Got my other sister, she's still in Lexington. Yeah. So you go from Church of Christ to Missionary Baptist. Yeah. And uh, what is Missionary Baptist, by the way? Um, I don't know. The Another Baptist church. They, were well, they, they started by missionaries? What's the history of Missionary Baptist? Yeah, they got started by missionaries. Okay. Well, I history. heard somebody say once, maybe I read this in a book, <laughs> that Missionary Baptist is such a general term that so many Baptist churches use. Yeah. There's no like real Missionary Baptist denomination per se. It's more like, okay. Yeah, missionaries. Now they are correct. It's a very general term. So our church... It's like conservative Baptist, basically. Yeah, it's like, let's take on a name. Well, the church that we came out of was Missionary Baptist, so now we're automatically going to be affiliated with the Missionary Baptist. I got you. You know, name, lingo, whatever. Yeah. You get baptized in the Missionary Baptist Church. Yeah, there was, they were not missionaries, but yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you go through high school. Yeah. You're now 25 years old. And at some point you realize, oh, I'm not a Christian. Yeah, man. So even after being baptized twice at this point, uh, I was still living like a heathen, um, doing whatever I wanted to do. So um, it did I, not I, wash I, away. It didn't wash away your sins. my sins, man. Mm. Yeah, it didn't. Yep. Uh, antinomianism was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, we're not. If we were like really good Baptists, we wouldn't even call that a baptism. We would say you got dunked. I got dunked in water. Yeah, I right? was just. Yeah. You got dunked twice. Man, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're living like a heathen mm-hmm. through high school? Through high school, college. Uh, Where'd you go to college? Start off at, at HBCU, Kentucky State University. Finished up at the University of Kentucky. Big Blue Nation. Doc. What's up? I, w- I was still going to church. That's the thing, man. So I could be doing whatever I wanted to do. Drinking, smoking, partying, hanging out, doing whatever, having... You know, sex and all that good stuff, as sinners would call it. Uh, good stuff. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I would go to church the next the, the Sunday morning. So it, it was. I was. I was definitely like conditioned to be in the church house mm-hmm. every Sunday morning. It didn't no matter. It didn't matter what I was doing, man. I get up, go. I got the, the old deacon, we call him Pops, man, sitting right there in the back row. No, he's like, mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. what you was doing last night, you know. But, but you're there on a Sunday morning. But I'm there, but I'm there. Um, so, yeah, I was conditioned to go, man. Nobody had to tell me. It was just yeah. like the habit that I was in. So, 2008 rolls around. We actually, our church is, is booming, man. We go from a small building and we get uh, we build a new facility. And we, and we put a basketball gym in there. And so we used to just play ball every Tuesday. We were supposed to use like an outreach, mm-hmm. um, but we weren't doing anything in terms of uh, evangelism at the time. But I made a statement to a guy there uh, who I used to hoot with about going to hell. And I said, man, you're going to hell because you haven't been baptized. Mm. So I still got this church of Christ in me, Because man. you've been dunked twice. I've been dunked twice. Right. So I know right. better, you know? Uh, I'm an expert in this thing. And then so this cat named, uh, I mean, I give him a shout out, Jackie Robinson, um, overheard me. Wasn't he a baseball player? He was, man. Unfortunately, this guy wasn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, first best, yeah. So he was the first guy that shared a gospel with me, man. Like Jackie Robinson being the first black baseball player. But uh, How about that? Yeah, I like that. I like some, that. Yeah, some similarities there. Um, 
He overheard what I said. He was like, dude, you wrong, man. You wrong. Mm. And so I'm looking at this cat thinking like, does this dude know what he's talking about? Yeah. You know, everybody's out there hooping in the in street ball. You you ain't thinking those are gospel, man. So he was a little bit older too. So he says, hey, man, I'm up next, but here's my number. If you want to give me a call, hit me up. So that evening, man, I actually, I took him up because at that point, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm thinking like, I mean, I've been in church. I know a little bit about the scriptures, right. man. So I want to hear what he's got to say. Call him up, man. We talked for like two hours. Mm. Um, he explains the gospel to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I vividly remember him going to Galatians 2.20. Um, he goes to, he then explains Romans 10.9. He goes to Romans chapter 6 and he explains the believer's baptism um, and then by the end of the conversation I'm asking him like man how come I don't know any of this stuff and he says well that's a question for you to ask your pastor Wow. and I was like man I'm not going to ask him you know mm -hmm. uh, and I was trying to figure it out man golly how come I don't know this stuff man so I asked him hey man what church you go to like well I don't actually go to a church right now I'm looking for one <laughs> they had just left okay. so man that's the moment that I that I, that I heard it Huh. And so he just says, hey, man, read this, uh, a couple of these passages, man. So I, I read, well, I read through Mark, and then uh, I kept on reading the, these passages that he explained to me, hit them back up um, a few weeks later. And uh, he just says, hey, do you believe? I'm like, I, I do, man. Um, so a guy that's not a member of a church and yeah. has not been baptized. Yeah. The Lord can still let, use let, him. That's right. Huh? The Lord can How still use that? him, Joe. And he led you to Christ. He led me to Christ. That's wonderful. I mean, yeah, I mean... <laughs> The furthest thing from my mind, just it seems like a random encounter, man. Yeah. Well, obviously, it was getting by God's providence. So yeah, that happened, man. And he, so he said that I needed to go and and you know tell my pastor, share with the church. But by that time, again, I'm like, man, I'd have been baptized twice already in this church. They're already thinking I'm a I'm a believer, mm -hmm. and I sort of been serving in the church, just mm -hmm. like you know how we we. we we usher, you know, I was ushering. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I started singing in the choir, I think, maybe around that time. But yeah, man, so I, di I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't make a public profession of faith. Um, so I didn't make a public profession of faith until years later when we joined another church um, in Lexington, uh, 2014. And I told the pastor, I'm like, hey, I know we're about to join, but I would rather be baptized. Okay. Based on my convictions of the scriptures. Gotcha. So, so you got to the point where you realized that my two previous dunkings were just dunkings. Yeah. And I needed to get baptized. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. And I that went, was your public profession of faith. That's what you mean by public profession. Yeah. My public profession of faith, um, sharing my testimony to the church, mm -hmm. telling the reasons why. And I, I was able to explain to them, this is what, why I'm doing this. And it was really based on a sermon I heard, man, in seminary during chapel. Okay. Um, Dr. Jim Ward was preaching out of Romans 6, man. I believe it was baptism. And I was like, oh, dang. Hmm. All right. Spirit is talking to me, man. I'm convicted. I want to go do it out of obedience. Were you uh, at the Missionary Baptist Church still up until this time? Uh, no. Um, I had moved to Louisville at this time for seminary. And I was attending Watson, uh, Watson Baptist Church. Didn't join. Um, but that's why I was attending. And then I ended up during um, uh, 
prior to getting married, once I got engaged, started commuting to Lexington for church. Okay. Um, and joined that that local church there. So yeah. you were you attended what seminary? Um, <laughs> uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. <laughs> why do you, why do you answer like that? Uh, you know, man. Uh, sometimes uh, you just uh, you feel a lack of confidence mm. at times. And yeah, let, let, let me say this. No, uh, Southern served me well um, during that time. So you just learn to take the meat, spit out the bones. Sometimes you're not always proud of where you attend, where you work, or the household that you grow up in, but there's things to celebrate with it, um, as well as things that you would even critique about it in a healthy way. So, yeah. uh, so no, I went to Southern, man, so no yeah, no qualms about that. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, you pray that they can do better moving forward. I think we met. I don't know, I don't remember when I first met you. Oh, man. You know what? But I, think I, do, I, have this, I have this picture of you in my head, though, mm-hmm. at an S- SBTS booth. Huh. And you're all buttoned up with a little Southern Baptist Theological Seminary yeah, button up on and yeah. looking all professional. Man, serving in the admissions office, the admission days. I think it was 2014, man, when the SBC was in Baltimore. That's when we it's met? It's probably when we first met. Maybe okay. you saw me at the booth. I'm pretty sure gotcha. that's where me and Trail first met, I think, I believe. Gotcha. So let's jump forward. I know you have a heart for discipleship. Mm-hmm. And just hearing your story, I'm wondering how your story plays into that. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of grew up in, in some church situations where, you know, what we might call nominalism, being a Christian in name only, was, was a thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what it's like to be religious and to do the church thing and to be an usher and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe you lack discipleship. Oh, yeah. How, do, how does your story connect with your heart for discipleship today? Yeah, it connects because uh, I have such a desire, a passion for it because it's it's one thing that wasn't happening, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. At least not in a formal way or a systematic way. We're all being discipled by something, mm-hmm. right? Um, unbeknownst to us at times, but whether by the world um, or by something. So uh, spiritual discipleship wasn't something that, uh, hey, JD or, or Joseph, you know, sit down, man. Let's let's go through this word, man. Let me let's ask some questions about your life. Let's have a conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, what are some things that you're thinking through, uh, dealing with hurts, highs, lows, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That wasn't happening. I mean, one would expect that um, if you got a father in your life, um, you would do that with your with your pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, we got parents that didn't grow up in that. Right. Um, they don't know any better. Right, sure. And then in the church, um, that wasn't going on either. Yeah. Now, I did start attending this men's Bible study in our church um, that was really good. That, uh-huh. that was like my first exposure to like men being in the church and serving in the church. There was a pastor, he passes now in Winchester, Kentucky, Marvin King, who was like really pressing in on us to like dig into the word. Mm-hmm. We created this environment to like where we could share mm-hmm. um, personal things, pray and uh, be around each other. We had some good fellowships, but we were digging in that word. But I mean, outside of that on a Monday night, there was not no one-on-one going on. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it actually, it wasn't until... I attended seminary, man, and I started building some relationships, specifically with like professors there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
my 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 good my good friend and even even mentor uh Curtis Woods is the guy that really started pressing into discipleship with me. Mm-hmm. We were all in Lexington at the same time mm-hmm. and uh he was the first guy that was really like asking tough questions, man, challenging me in a lot of ways. Challenging me on um Organizational like thinking, man, um, creating goals and like mm. trying to follow through on these things and really being intentional and thinking critically about next steps all the time. Interesting. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is when Curtis Woods was discipling you, it wasn't just simply, hey, read this book. Mm-mm. Here's some information. Um, here's systematic theology. But it was also this holistic like yeah. oh, thinking yeah. about life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a reader, obviously. Because isn't the Christian life about a whole life? Well, I, th- I, th- I think it is. I think it I is. I think it is. I think we forget yeah. that sometimes. Oh, we absolutely do, yeah. man. Yeah. It's not just the gospel and the gospel alone, and that's it. That's all you hear. That's all you right. talk about. No, right. but the gospel incorporates so much more. Yeah. Like you said, holistically, man. So, yeah, he was like, hey, not only theology, man, but think about how you're loving your wife, man. Yeah. Like, uh, how you're how you're um, um, using your resources, mm-hmm. like being a good stewardship man of of uh, family, money, time, mm-hmm. like all of that stuff, man. Go and do uh, serve serve your community. Mm-hmm. You know, go and be discipling somebody else. Like mm-hmm. it was all across the board. So it's good. Yeah. So when you think about discipleship strategies for the church today, yeah, what are you thinking? What 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 thoughts do you have? Uh, develop one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Come up with one. Yeah, just think about it. Yeah, you know, at least let start off with thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, my experience it wasn't even thought of discipleship. I never heard about. I never heard of the word mm-hmm. evangelism. I don't even remember even hearing about that. Yeah, I mean, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just think about it. Think through it, man. Have these conversations yeah. at least. Yeah. But uh, every church, man, you, you got to be trying to develop a strategy for discipleship. Like, what is like the on-ramp? Mm-hmm. One, uh, with, with your church and membership. Like, what? talk about some next steps, man. Like, how do you get this unbeliever to step A, B, C, and then right, on, down the, right. on down the road? Right. Um, in my experience, background, man, is just, hey, you get them in church. Yeah. And that's it. Attend the programs. Attend the programs, and we would say serve and work, right? But it was always like the work that is that takes place inside the building, right? On a Sunday, right? Or be a part of whatever we're doing, but it was never like be a part of what God is doing out in this community, out in this world. Like, what does it look like to be a Christian in the marketplace? So yeah. we were never discipled toward that. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So. Like, how do we train people to be citizens of the kingdom of God? Yeah. Living. As a citizen of this world. Yeah, yeah, living life on mission, man. Right, right. Yeah. That's good. And thinking about it is step one. <laughs> thinking about it in step Developing one. Developing a strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you, I mean, do you take guys under your wing personally? Do you try yeah. to, like, is one on one discipleship a big deal for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big deal. Big and deal. what do you do when you sit down with somebody and maybe even somebody's listening who doesn't feel like they have enough information or enough knowledge? on how to disciple, you know, I can't disciple because I don't know how to disciple, you know. Like, what do you do in that time? When you sit down with somebody and you're going to take somebody one-on-one, what does that even mean? Yeah. And it depends on what the guy is in life. Um, what does he have knowledge of, experience-wise? experience, experience wise. Mm-hmm. And so typically what I did, I mean, man, just with guys in my own neighborhood at the time in Lexington, 
shoot, take them through. One I would take through the Gospels, man, mm-hmm. uh, depending on who they were. Mm-hmm. Some I would take through books. There's a book on discipleship that we will walk through, especially if they want to learn how to disciple. Um, or it could be anything on um, on character, holiness. We will walk through a book. Um, most of the time I'm walking through a book, some sort of reading with guys, and we're just having conversation about it. A lot of the guys, too, I would we would go through... Uh, I would do pretty much what, what Curtis did with me, man. I would talk about like, so, man, what are your, what are your goals in life, man? What do you want to do? And so we would always say, man, a, a goal without a plan is nothing but a dream. So you got to be able to write this thing out. Yeah. So what is your goal uh, spiritually, uh, relationally or, you know, family-wise, work-wise, whatever it may be. Okay. And we want to think through it. Yeah, how does this meet God's will for your life? Um, you know, like, is it motivated by by the kingdom, by the kingdom agenda? Um, we want to make sure that we're not doing this stuff with a ill motivation. Yeah. Um, but man, how does this meet the kingdom agenda at the end of the day? So you're so, not necessarily directing all of this, but you're going to sit down with somebody and kind of coach them through mm-hmm. applying biblical principles to their life. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And every guy. So you don't have to be an expert in all of these things. Nah, man. You're kind of like a coach. Yeah, you're coach, man, and guide. Yeah. Yeah, God just giving wisdom, yeah. and uh, every 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 model doesn't work the same with everybody, man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now if it, I'm just not gonna pull guys that are just like me that think like me. Yeah, you got guys all across the board, man. It can be whether white, black, uh, different socioeconomical yeah. situations, man. So it's different, man. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, some guys you you walk with, you know, baby steps, man. Obviously. Some right. guys are more mature. You mentioned white and black. Let's turn the corner a little bit, shall we? Turn the corner, Doc. Here we go. So you've you one thing that's interesting about you, you you've been in like a lot of different circles. Uh-huh. So Church of Christ to Missionary Baptist. Were those both black churches? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you ended up, you said it at a church in Louisville. Yeah. Which was Watson Memorial. Yeah. And I believe that was a black that's a black church. Is uh-huh. that right? Yeah. And then you spent time at a Another church in Lexington. Mm-hmm. All black. Main Street. Mm-hmm. And then you ended up doing an internship mm-hmm. at Capitol Hill Baptist Church in D.C. Yep. White church. Yep. And then you ended up somehow at a smaller white church in a black community mm-hmm. in Lexington. Yep. And now you're here in this area. By the way, we didn't even introduce uh, you. This, this pot, we're like, we have no uh, uh, structure on this podcast. All love right? it, man. Our introduction comes toward the end of the episode. <laughs> I would like to introduce my friend Joseph Dix, who works for the North American Mission Board. Uh, Newly works. New, for, new. You've been working for NAM for what a month? Um, well, since last November. Oh, <laughs> just moved to the area in March. Okay, gotcha. You yeah. moved here a month ago. Yeah. And uh, what do you do at NAM? I am the uh, the church planting catalyst for DC Metro. The church planting catalyst for DC and Metro. Well, yeah, DC, DC Metro. Metro yeah. DC Metro. Yeah. And then prior to that, you were an HBCU uh, uh, campus, pa- campus, yeah, campus minister. Yeah, minister campus at Kentucky minister. State, which yeah. is where you started out. Right through the uh, Kentucky Baptist Convention. And you've actually brought a, a group of your students here to Baltimore. Yes, man. About we a year ago, it. two years ago, something like that, right yeah. before COVID, I think. Last year. Around last the time year. last yeah. year, yeah. So here you are, though. Now you're working for NAM, mm-hmm. North American Mission Board. You've just been in all these different circles. Oh, and Southern Seminary as well. Yeah, uh, good white space. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. Can you answer that question? <laughs> Very broad, right? What is going on, brother? <laughs> What's going What's on? What's going on? Uh, um, 
Yeah, I don't know what the Lord's doing. So there's there's a lot going on. Yeah. Jo- uh, COVID, George Floyd, pandemic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Twitter. Mm. There's a lot of a lot of conversations. There's a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even people talk about the SBC, which we're SBC. Mm-hmm. We don't make this show about the SBC, by the way. Good. But people talk about the SBC splitting, and I'm thinking, like, in which direction? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different arguments and different uh, dissensions and different factions within the SBC that I'm not even sure. Like some people think the SBC is too woke and too liberal and too (laughs) feminist. And then other people think the SBC is too racist and too backwards. And, you know, so it's like, I don't even, my head's spinning half the time. Yeah. Mine is too. Okay. So at least, so maybe we can just move on. Your head is spinning as well. Yeah. We're in the same boat. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this from two different directions. (laughs) So, um, there could be somebody that's listening, listening and says, why is this, why is this guy working for the SBC? Still in the SBC. I know it, man. I know it. As a black guy. I know it. Great question. I have considered um, leaving denominational work and just focusing on church work. Mm-hmm. That's where my, my, my heart is. But the reason I'm working for now, man, is, um, in my opinion, specifically where I'm located ge- geographically, um, which is different from being more so in the Bible Belt mm-hmm. uh, in more of a rural area, dealing with a whole bunch of ultra-conservative, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, Republican cats, um, mm-hmm. where there's a lack of diversity and, and, and multi-ethnicity that's, that's not even being considered. So going from that area to now being in, in D.C., we got a group of uh, church planters, pastors, individuals, and not to say that that stuff doesn't exist here. Yeah, but yet we're not. We're, I don't have to deal with it as much. Yeah, it you feels, know. from my experience, our region of this world feels less um, right wing, more diverse. Yeah, less, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There seems to be more of an effort being made to. Let's bring all together than yeah. to separate. A little now, more pursuit of unity. A little bit more pursuit, even though you still got the, that, that tension. And, you know, we, we've talked about this. That tension still exists within some churches. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have individuals who are still marred, you know, by, by sinful inclinations, obviously. But um, it's not as, uh, it's not as uh, robust yeah. as, as I deal with in Kentucky. Okay. So, yeah. Did you answer my question? No, I don't think I did. Okay. So I get, the ch- I get a chance to help initiate new church works mm-hmm. in unchurched areas mm-hmm. with a group of diverse individuals. So when I mean, what I mean by diverse is, and, and multicultural as well, I, we are dealing with Spanish and Ethiopian mm-hmm. and Chinese and Vietnamese, um, you know, not just white and black. So I'm dealing with a diverse group of guys from national to international. And, and I love to do it um, uh, and be exposed to it because I, I'm not just able to like teach and to, and to help uh, shape them and shape their minds like as a regard, in regards to church planting. But man, I'm able to learn as well. Yeah. So you just actually like the work. That you're I like doing. the work. Yeah. I like the work. Um, I love the work. We, we need more of the work. It was something that I wasn't able to do back home. It's a little bit more tougher of yeah. an environment. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so if there's any way that I that we can that I can work for an organization that can come alongside these these brothers, man, and to help and to serve them in, in whatever way, financially as well, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that work. Yeah, yeah. Now on the, on the flip side, so that's kind of one angle. But on the mm-hmm. on the flip side, if someone were to say, you know, hey, racism sucks, but yeah. let's just let's just preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. How would you respond to that? Uh, no, let's just not preach the gospel alone. Yeah, let's preach the gospel and uh, let's talk about the implications of what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, often people say, yeah, the gospel is enough. We we know that the gospel is right. enough in the right. grand scheme of things. Man. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you, you mean. That. But 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 let's 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 use some nuance. Let's parse this out a little bit more. Um, let's get some good touch points yeah. for people who are unfamiliar with Christ, yeah. who are unfamiliar with gospel, yeah. um, with gospel language rather, um, and a gospel community. Mm-hmm. So we can say it's enough, right? But right. if we're not pursuing this this biblical gospel community, uh, when Scripture talks about in John that the world should know that you are His because of how you love the brethren, mm-hmm. well, man, if we ain't loving the brethren. If we ain't loving each other and showing that to yeah. this world, come yeah. on, man. That's is, right. is the gospel really enough in just word alone? It has to be word and deed. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And I think that this takes us back to discipleship. That's right. And your heart for discipleship because it's really about gospel discipleship. Yeah. And, you know, whatever our prejudices might be ought to be worked out, rooted out in discipleship. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. It's, it's certainly possible to not have a certain kind of uh, discipleship or some kind of where I'm just simply overlooking blatant mm-hmm. sins in my life mm-hmm. because I haven't been challenged in those areas. Mm-hmm. And this is where in gospel discipleship we challenge one another. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, in discipleship, man, it's, it's not just top down all the time, man. Yeah. Um, man, the, 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 the discipler can learn from the disciple as well. Mm-hmm. And so if me, the discipler, have some blind spots, mm-hmm. say as it relates to what we've been talking about, racism, mm-hmm. prejudices, um, whatever they may be, the disciple could very well be helping me with some of those areas that I might be blind to. As I'm helping them to walk in godliness, holiness, he could be like, hey, think about these other areas in terms of how you are now contextualizing mm. uh, gospel. Yeah, I mean, I could be from a middle-class suburb, he can be from a underprivileged on the resource area and now he's trying to help me man this is how this text yeah. uh, relates to my folks in this area yeah. he could very well be helping me with that man yeah. and so it's, it's, it's a both and one last question mm-hmm. you've, you've been in some contexts where uh, you've had the opportunity to see churches at work in low income communities what is some of the breakdown that you've seen between ministry serving the community versus actually making disciples of the community yeah. I mean, I like the phrase you used earlier, man, this uh, this missiological gap, we should say our chasm, I guess. The, so the, the, the breakdown I've seen, man, is churches that have this isolated desire to help and to serve, mm-hmm. but yet it's, it's separated from, uh, from the gospel impact, I would say. Um, our biblical discipleship, our evangelism, we just say evangelism, mm-hmm. because they, they want to give food, uh, they want to give clothes, and then that's it. But they're not inviting these individuals in mm-hmm. to any type of gospel conversation. So me get, meeting your physical needs, it makes me feel good. Uh, we know that we are helping, 
and we feel as if we have done uh, our godly duty, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They leave it there. Um, and I've seen churches who are having a Bible study at the same time as they are uh, giving out food, but not inviting these individuals into the Bible study, which mm-hmm. just blew my mind. I'm like, eh, how does this work? It shouldn't be separate from, right. the, from the other. Because Bible study is for us. Food Bible is study for them. is for us that are Spiritual. doing well. Christians. That, that have houses, that have food. The, the, the Middle Bible study is for us. Yeah. And we say that tongue in cheek, but... Um, but that's how. But it, it does play out that way. Absolutely yeah. plays out that way, man. Um, and so churches, man, they they got to realize there is no, there's no disconnect between these things. There's no dis- the, the implications of of gospel work, man. Is yes, the byproduct is yeah. We 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 feed. Yes, we we give out clothes. Yes, we overall we meet needs. Right, we we do that, but we do that in hopes of being able to share this good news. Uh, with these individuals that we're meeting the needs of. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, why am I doing this for you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Christ, hey, has led me to this work. Matter of fact, I used to be exactly where you were, mm. and this is where I am now, mm. because of other brothers and sisters who did for me what I'm now doing Amen. for you. Yeah. Um, so those, those sort of conversations. So if churches can merge that together, man, really work at trying to merge that, uh, they would do well. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to the basics and focus on discipleship. Hey, man. It's good having you on the stoop. Appreciate it, bro. And, man, you're always an encouragement to me. You're welcome back anytime. Man, likewise, man. You encourage me, brother, all with right, bro. uh, all types of ideas, thoughts, man. I want to be more like Joel in a lot of ways, man. Mm, no, you don't. See, Trail's laughing. I, I was being serious, <laughs> man. For real, doc. For real. That's, that's, hey, our brother... Mutual friend TC, we always talk about Joe, man. I'm gonna have TC on here too. I oh, have TC on the stoop. Oh, I wanna watch. <laughs> That'll be hilarious. I love it. He'll so, be next. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate right, bro. you, bro. Love you, man. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives. <laughs>